0: So one random morning, I was sitting in my Bible time with my coffee, cozied up when no sun had risen yet. And I had this idea that I'm about to go work out, but I have so many golden nuggets that God just gifted me. And I know sometimes they're just for me. But sometimes I cannot wait to share them with you. I mean, isn't that what going and making disciples of all nations is the Great Commission, right? So I decided I would jump on a Peloton so I can still get my workout in and still check that box for my habit building, my habit stacking, the atomic habits that build incredible momentum for my energy and for my sustenance and for my family and everything I'm connected to. So this is your behind-the-scenes, your backstage pass, your not-live-but-still-really-good Peloton-and-preach moment, okay? So you might hear me huffing and puffing, Disregard that or not. Join me. Start working out while you listen to Peloton and preach, and then you won't be distracted by my windedness. Just think I'm on the Peloton next to you or we're running, just like, you know, not coffee combo. Okay. We're actually moving. So let's do the thing together. Let's move. Let's remain fit in faith by activating and not just talking about the activation. And hang out with me on Peloton. I'm live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. And you can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Fit and Faith Network, just like the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. Or hang out Instagram live, okay? It's really fun. Enjoy Peloton and preach. Come breathe hard with me. Let's go. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for Founders, Innovators, and Trailblazers. Here, Marketplace Ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Well, good morning, good afternoon. If you're listening later, good night. If you're going to bed and listening to it later, I'm so excited. I, he shall I say he has been speaking to me so much since Monday night. In fact, he woke me up really, really early this morning, um, because of concepts associated to oppression and suppression. And repression and what's happening in the conscious and unconscious mind of the believer connected to demonic oppression, connected to demonic powers. And so this conversation is going to be as heavy as it was on Tuesday. (laughs) And I'll be honest, I had a lot of amazing conversations that stemmed from that in regards to concern, in regards to worry, in regards to fear. And so I'm going to start by saying perfect love casts out all fear and therefore any time that you navigate these areas that can feel dark or these areas that can feel scary or these areas that perhaps are curiosities for you because of things that happened in your past or things that are currently happening to you, we're going to put on the armor of Christ. (laughs) We're going to put on the armor of Christ before we even get started down this conversation Because if we don't, we're opening up a curiosity um, for for spiritual realm to to come in and plant seeds. Now, on Tuesday, I was sharing with you about the movie that came out. It's a one-time-only preview showing, I'm assuming eventually they're going to be able to bring it out to more people. But it's called Come Out in Jesus' Name. And it was about this idea of demonic deliverance or deliverance in general, but good morning, good morning, enjoy. Matthew, you'd really like this conversation, especially connected to addiction and where does that stem from and why does that happen and how society is so currently in this state of oppression. And yet I wanted people to know first and foremost that as a Christian, you cannot be possessed. Okay, let's clear that out. So there is a difference between possession and oppression. When Christ dwells in you, when you have had an encounter with the Lord, a repentant heart, you've come to know him. He is now indwelling inside of you. He is the victor. He's already won. He's already taken dominion with you inside of his lineage. Your DNA has been changed. You are his. Okay? Let's get that out there first. So if you're tuning in and you are a Christian, let there be no fear. Because if you are in a state of fear or you're in a state of oppression, I would say that the armor has been forgotten. I would say that the armor has some areas that we need to tighten up and strengthen and bring it back to the ironing board, right? Um, And that's what we do together. Iron sharpens iron. And so Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. First off, if you're a Christian, you're not possessed. Difference. Now, if you have been in church a long time, I know that there are people, some even listening, who have witnessed a demonic manifestation. This means that you see a demon inside of said person. And in the deliverance, you might see uh, or hear Wild sounds I shared with you about what was transpiring um in my very car with said oppressing uh, demon demonic spirit whatever you want to call it and and you could see like their face could be different. Um you could hear wild sounds, you could see their body taking on a different kind of demeanor than it usually does. I understand as you're listening, you're like, what's happened to Tamara? What's going on? I have so much joy. I am I, so grateful for the renewal of my mind and the renewal of my body and my ability, um, his ability through me. It, it truly is not my own strength. However, it's, you cannot simply, for me, this is something I'm learning. I cannot simply just share the, the happy-go-lucky all the time. Right? Because that's, that's not, Christ is amazing. His goodness overflows, his mercy overflows, his love and light overflow. There's joy abounding, thousand percent. But how? And from where was I delivered to get to this other place? And from what do my empathetic eyes, do your empathetic eyes see on a consistent basis? I briefly mentioned addiction. And um, this is something that's around my life all the time. It's in society. It's not something that we're going to run from or be completely healed from or delivered from anytime soon. In my opinion, Jesus might have another plan, but you see addiction in almost everyone who is of the flesh. And that could be something like our phones. That could be social media. That could be shopping. That could be things that we see as harmless. That could be money. Um, that could be lying. That could be drugs. Sex, alcohol, all the things that you're probably used to thinking of when you think of addiction. But go deeper. Go deeper. That's what the Lord keeps telling me. He's like, you know, you can stay on the surface or you can go deeper. And as a business coach and somebody who's like in the realm of marketplace ministry, my heart is for the heart of the people. It's for the headspace of the people. It's for the home front of the people. It's for the health of the people. The handbag? this part the thing that they think that they need to do, the thing that they want to do, the thing that brings them the most pride. And in the and sometimes in a really good way. I love I love the element of having pride in God and the deposits, being able to build a business and being able to have and hold and use and not abuse the gifts of the Lord towards business. It's like what I love so much. But in the same exact understanding if we put the money as the precursor, we know we are now loving the wrong thing. Even if we put the business because of the title or because we want to help other people, let's just let's just say it to the heart of the core of the good, the good, right? Like I love people so much. I love this mission so much. The Lord has told me that I'm going to help all these people. My question always circles back to have you helped yourself? Have you come into full revelation? Now, mind you, not perfect, still learning every single day, but there has to be some sense of dominion and authority and power in all of these other places of your life before only and always subjecting yourself to helping others. Now, love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? You have to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. And so this is where self-love, this is where knowing your identity in Christ, this is where understanding that the indwelling Christ has rule and authority over every single dark area that you're ever going to encounter. However, and, not however, and, we have to be attuned to the fact that no matter where we go, sometimes even in our home, sometimes even with our body, sometimes even with our children, that darkness can creep in. And if we don't know how to handle it and we don't know how to perceive it and we don't know how to run right in to the addiction and fight it, then how in the world are we supposed to exist? Only in the joy? Only in the light? Only in the, I'll stay real comfortable over here, God, because this feels good. This feels safe. So for all the people who are talking to me on Tuesday about like, I don't know even how to navigate that conversation. I feel like I'm going to be ridiculed if I speak this truth. I think my family's going to think I'm crazy. If I'm talking about this, you might have witnessed these wild scenarios in the past and it has caused fear and therefore you run because ultimately we all want to feel seen, known, and loved. And in that knowing is safety. Having this conversation right now, talking about it on Tuesday, go back and listen to that other podcast because that one will come out first. So be sure to tune in so you understand what I'm coming from. But regardless, if you listen to that one or not right here, right now, we're going to go into the depths of these words that keep being spewed out over top of society and understanding what it actually means in parallel to my story in parallel to your story. So I mentioned possession. I mentioned Oppression, difference, possession, mean it owns you, it controls you, it has full dominion. We know that this is not true. There are so many scriptures around this, and it's so critical that we as Christians learn to resist the devil so that we can not be and remain in a state of oppression. So oppression, if we look to 1 John 4, 4, the one who is in you is brighter than than the one who is of the world, okay? So if you're feeling oppressed, it could be a physical element of consistent depression. Depression can be an oppression by enemy tactic. Now, I understand that there are medical diagnosis. I understand that you need to go to said doctor, therapist, all of those things to potentially help. But if you're not connected to somebody who is in their faith, and knows the capital T truth connected to said depression, you will stay in that state because nothing will seem to fully release it. This is especially if your depression is like, I don't know. I don't know why I keep circling back to this state of depression, back to this state of fear, back to this state of restlessness. I don't know. Could it be? Have you wandered down this road? To learn about oppression and demonic oppression connected to our mental health. Because ultimately, the enemy gets here first. And when the enemy can create control inside of your mind, regardless of said light that dwells inside of you, regardless of Christ, our attention, our fixed focus, now goes into the problem. It now goes into the fear. It now goes in to the trying to control the situation so that we don't subject ourselves to that problem. But we can't do that. That's why we have to partner with Christ. That's where trust comes into play. So I want you to know about spiritual weapons. That's why we talk about Ephesians 6, the armor of Christ. It's why we talk about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you don't know truth, how can you combat a lie? How do you know it's even a lie? So when the enemy comes in to tell you something negative, and then you hold on to that as truth, you have now allowed oppression to control and dictate your actions and generally your thought life. That then leads to physical oppression, where we now see a church who is begging more for physical healing than they are for spiritual healing, because they just want to feel better. You know, God didn't come for us to feel good. (laughs) I don't know if that's biblical or not. I have to find out. But freedom is not just a feeling. It's a state of being. So you feel depressed, but you are not depressed. Do you understand the difference? You are not what the enemy is telling you that you are. There's so much more than that. And when we allow oppression to literally dictate everything, we have now given control to the enemy, to the dark. And so the Christ that dwells in us doesn't get the attention. It's like the embers are slowly going. Now that doesn't mean that God is not fully present, fully prepared, fully equipped, fully protecting you. All of these things are true. However, if you are not fixing your focus on that truth and you're fixing it on the lie, the enemy's just like, oh, I have a whole silver platter. Come commune with me. So this is why there's elements of opioid crisis because of the mental oppression that has led to physical oppression, which is clearly spiritual oppression. And this is why the church is starving. And this is why the revival happens in the church right now with the Christians, quoting, air quoting, the people who are supposed to be fully alive and fully speaking life and fully able and capable. And we are, but I don't think we know the true power, the true authority that dwells inside of us, that gives us the rightfulness and the righteousness of heaven against this demonic oppression. So talked about possession, talked about oppression, which is where this movie was coming at from the angle, not as much about possession, though possession is a conversation they were having. It was about deliverance of the oppressed, biblical. All right. <sighs> all right. Now we want to go into the difference between suppression and repression. All of this is from this morning. Okay. Okay. Sitting with the Lord, and I was just like, I read my morning, my morning study. I'm gonna read some of it to you. And I just had questions. You know, you can go to God with your questions. He wants you to question him, he wants you to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all the desires of your heart will be given to you because they'll be aligned to his desires. Not because your fickle heart is the one who gets what it wants, it's because he gets his will be done here on earth, as it is in heaven. So this morning in Psalms 59, 1 through 17, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but it was basically saying, rescue me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who have come to destroy me. Rescue me from these criminals, from these murderers. They have set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, Lord, though I have not sinned or offended them. Man, do you feel like that? Do you feel like You're just being chased down that there's always something in your way. There's like blocks and blocks and blocks. They talk about going to the root of your problems. And I believe the church has hmm, sugarcoated what that could potentially be. And while I know that the root of all problems is sin, It's ultimately what happened in the garden. It's the whole reason that Jesus came. Because you're either standing in your identity with the first Adam. Or you're standing in your identity as the second Adam. Whose family are you a part of? The first Adam had sin as a part of his dwelling. It was a part of how he had to live in this constant state of oppression. All of the chaos that happened in the Old Testament. We feel like we're seeing happen right now in society because people don't know their identity because they don't know Christ who came to redeem all of that and give you ultimate freedom, not just a knowing of freedom, not just a feeling of freedom, but a declarative eternal freedom, mind, body, and spirit. So it feels like the enemy's attacking us. And it says they come out at night snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. Listen to the filth that comes from their mouths, the same filth that's inside of your mind, the same things that are cutting you like swords that are being spoken to you about your beauty, about your lack, about your worth, about your intelligence, about your capability, about your past. Come on, they're lies. It says, But Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at the hostile nations. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me. For you, O God, are my fortress. In his unfailing love, my God will stand with me. And he will let me look down in triumph on all my enemies. Oh, man. There's so much more. Remember, it's Psalms 59, 1 through 17. Oh, man. He asks the Lord to do the battle. He's asking God, God, you do this for me because it's not in my strength that I'm going to be able to get past this suppression or repression. So let's talk about the definitions of both and where we are, where you are, have this understanding. For a long time in my life, about 20, gosh, 26, 27 years, I had repressed something that happened to me when I was little. You could read about it in my book. We're not going to go into it now. But it literally was such a repression. So repression means that even your consciousness, your conscious mind is unaware of it. However, if 95% of our actions are done based on subconscious programming, meaning what Paul said, why do I do the things I do not want to do? I know God, my consciousness is aware of God, but my subconscious keeps acting out. Why is that? Why in the dark do I feel alive? Why in the light do I feel void? Where do we want to stay? We want to stay in the place that feels safe. We want to stay in this place that is like controllable and comfortable. But guys, mold grows in the shadows, not in the light. Intentionally, things of the natural are so indicative of what's true in the supernatural. But we run, we repress. So I didn't have even consciousness of said scenario of this abuse that happened to me when I was little. And therefore, when I came to have any other exposure to anything around sex, I was, the door was already open in my subconscious And so it was like, feed me. I found pornography when I was little, a lot of it. I got into cyber chat rooms when I was young, when AOL was like, you've got mail. It was so young. I was so little. I couldn't even process what was transpiring. And yet it was feeding this darkness. Now, mind you, at this time, I didn't know the Lord. Was it possession or was it oppression? I don't know. I still have to search on that because I was a baby. I was so little. But if it's of biblical nature, it says that I was born into sin. My flesh was what I was feeding, not the Christ that dwells inside of me. So when I was 14 and I came to know Christ for the first time, I say for the first time because it was more just like, a knowing of God, not a ganache, agape love knowing, not an intimate love, but an awareness of him in a deeper way than what I had just been taught since I was little, which we did have God in our home. We knew prayer. We did all those things, but truly understanding education-wise in knowledge, I knew him in wisdom. I love him, right? It's a deeper knowing. So after repression, this happened. I actually had this extracted when I was 29 years old. so about seven-ish years ago. And so something, someone, was able to recognize said root problem, said root sin. And from there, there was an awareness of what had been suppressed subconscious brought to my consciousness. Here is what suppression is and the difference between repression and suppression. Suppression is where... You consciously are pushing it down. So you had a hard day at work and you just have a glass of wine. You are dealing with struggles with your marriage. So you just don't spend any time together. You focus on self-care and you don't actually focus on what's at hand, right? Your kids are overwhelming you. And so you suppress the anxiety. You suppress the, the, the struggle, the fear. What if I'm not a good mom? What if I'm terrible at this? No, that's not your identity. That's not who you are, but you're feeding in to the enemy's tactics of the lies that this will make it better. I can make you comfortable. Stay in the shadows, and he will stay sitting there with you. There will always be company in the shadows. But y'all, I'm in the light right now. It is, I don't even know what time anymore, 620. 620. AM Eastern and I'm currently by myself, except for you guys, you guys are up in Adam and we're doing something that is abnormal. We are seeking, we are holding tight to the treasures, the promises and the truths of God. And so with our conscious mind, we are making a conscious effort to know him more, to love, to be in that love, to bask in those rays. And to that be our truth rather than the darkness. Now, this is just an hour of the day, and it's technically still dark outside. But if the enemy is out to prowl, kill, steal, and destroy, he's gonna do it in the places that your consciousness or subconsciousness do or don't know. Regardless, he wants your attention. And that is when it becomes obsession. Obsession leads to addiction. Okay? So repression, consciousness unaware. Suppression, you are pushing it down away from your mind. Eventually through that, I think it could become repression. I'm not sure. I'll have to learn the science behind that. But if it's in your conscious mind, you are suppressing it so much and now will become an addiction because your focus is on that thing or feeling rather than truth. And truth means we're going to go in and do the hard work. Truth means we're going to extract that sin, that generational curse. We're going to break that chain once and for all. And we're going to live in that true freedom. We're going to live in that understanding and identity. Now, does that mean that Christians don't deal with hard things? Or that the enemy isn't talking to the Christians? Guys, come on. If you walked a day in my life, you would know that the helmet of salvation I forget it sometimes. (laughs) And the enemy will sneak in and start to plant fear. Start to plant worry. Let's give you a cool example. Not a cool one. It's going to be defeated in Jesus' name. It already is. But a fixed focus has kept my son in bondage in regards to going in the dark. Whose kids are afraid of the dark. Well, what happened was at the mere age of four. He was hanging out with a friend of a friend, son of a friend, I should say, who was a teenager. And he thought it would be funny to show him Chucky. So he had already been dealing a little bit with night terrors at that point in his life, three, four years old. And he became a, a, a sleeper, an indwelling sleeper in my bedroom. At this age, we are now five years into this scenario. And I do believe that there has been a fear that's been released. I do believe that he doesn't fix his focus on said dark as much, but he won't even go upstairs and take a shower by himself. Last night he turned off the lights and he jumped on our bed. Well, his little sister was still in the bedroom and I'm like, bro, you knew she was standing there. Get up and go turn the light on. He's like, I'm scared. No, what if somebody gets me? I'm like, you just had the lights on. Nobody's standing there. Get up and go do that. That was so rude. So he, he's like, I can't see, I can't see. I'm like, buddy, look at the light from the window. Focus on the light. This is a small little tactic. Focus on what is good. Focus on what is right. Focus what is on true, and holy and noble. This is biblical truth right here. If we can focus on that. The darkness will not win. So I tell him to focus on that light, get up and go. Well, he had a kind idea, great idea, to go and turn on the closest light, then walk to the bathroom, turn that light back on, then go back, turn off the other light and get in bed. It's scary to watch your child have night terrors. And I think about how humanity is likely experiencing that all the time. This is when that empathetic lens that I mentioned, because you've walked through something, because you've been freed from something, because you no longer are fixing your focus on that addiction in order to suppress and repress that past trauma because you've done the work. I know there are people listening and you guys are like, um, are you sure you're a business coach? (laughs) I wonder sometimes. I'm like, I don't care what I am. I'm just yours. That's all that matters. But ultimately, if you're a leader of any community, if you go to work, you need this information. If you show up to do good works that the Lord has predestined for you to do, you're a ministry leader, you're a teacher, you're a pastor, I do a nurse, I, I really don't care what your title is. This is the precursor to said ministry. You have to do the internal mission Before he ever sends you out. This is the mission of the church. And they're so focused on their individual mission statement sometimes. That they forget that they're supposed to be shepherding people. And their mission. And who God made them to be. It's a drawing together. It's an equipping. It's a discipleship. And I hope that as you listen to this. You know that as I air my dirty laundry. And I tell you how it got clean and full and saved and healed and redeemed and restored. Even in my still imperfection and weakness, God gets the glory in that. And he gets the glory in your story too. And so my son, who might have some issues to still work through, is also a mighty warrior. He also knows the word. He also knows that it is of power in love and a sound mind that he exists. Him and my daughter want to get baptized. We took them to Jesus' revolution. It was a little hard for me because it was PG-13. I wasn't sure what was going to come, but the Lord told me I could go. Yes, I consult with God with my kids and my parenting. And uh, there were some things at the beginning around drugs and alcohol. My kids are were curious, like, why is he dizzy? Why is, the, why is it blurry? I can't really see. Oh, is that a, what is drugs? We really asked. And I was like, oh, my eight and nine-year-old. Thank you, Jesus. They don't know the answers to these questions. But let me be the one to explain what they are. Let the world not dictate their truth. Let the word dictate their truth. Is the world dictating your truth? Your children's truth? Are you allowing them to be exposed? Are you allowing yourself to be exposed to things that are pushing you off kilter and allowing you to stay in a state of oppression. We have to recognize that our choices lead us to said scenario. Now, I understand the enemy plays a huge role in this. He lures you in. You still have to make the choice. Because this is something that was said that I really, really loved in a blog that I read this morning about temptation. Temptation says the enemy will knock on your door. This is a non-negotiable. There will be people who throw rocks at you, but you know the law of forgiveness. There will be enemy trials right here in your head, right in front of your eyes, porn, sex industry, materialism, money, Fast cars and freedom, right? The American way. Temptation is going to be in your forefront all the time. Jesus himself was tempted in the desert when he was trying to spend time with the Lord. Are you ever reading your Bible and like, worry pops in your head? Or you ever reading the Bible and you're like, ah, I feel inequipped. I feel stupid. I should just close this. I don't even know what it's saying. Enemy is luring in with his lies, what do you do? Do you fight against that thought? Do you repent and change your mind and get back in to where you know you need to be, walking in the light? So if the enemy is gonna knock on your door, that's temptation. You did not sin because you were tempted. Let me say that again. You did not sin just because you were tempted. Just because the thought went through your mind, doesn't mean that you sinned. It's your action thereafter. Now, if you're obsessing, that's when sin of thought comes into play. If you're obsessing over said thought, that's sin. But if the thought comes in and you immediately reject it and you slam that door and you say, not today, Satan, you're not going to steal what I know to be true. You're not going to get any more of my attention than that thought. I'm going to stand on top of the scorpions and the serpents, and I'm going to keep going. You do not have to wear this idea, this hat that says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And all I do is sin, 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 sin. Yeah, that, come on. All you do is win, win. No, 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 no. That's what I think of when I hear that song is all I do is sin, sin. And they're dancing. And they're just telling me what is their lack and what is their need. Because God gets the glory in your win, not you. Your power is his power. Your strength is his strength. Don't let temptation become obsession. It'll become addiction. And in the midst of all of that, you will now get to wear... The demonic oppression that humanity, most of humanity, is experiencing today. By all power, all authority, all love, you don't have to wear that as your truth. And I need you to know the difference between these things because we talked about depression. We talked about oppression. We talked about possession. We talked about repression. Low. Suppression here, and then we talked about obsession. And in all of those things, there's choice between temptation, which leads to infestation, and addiction, and freedom. Freedom. They are rooted in two things. It's rooted in a lot of things, specifically love. But one of the reasons that all of these things happen is because of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, right? We have been forgiven so much. But I don't believe we stand in this place of forgiveness and awareness of forgiving ourselves. Because when you sin, I, when I sin, I feel shame and guilt immediately. And that is an enemy tactic to keep us hidden and out of relationship with God. It happened in the garden, y'all. This is Genesis. This is what happened. We wanted the tree of life. We wanted the tree of knowledge. We wanted good and evil. We wanted to understand what God understood. Let's look at it this way. We wanted to feel good. We just wanted to feel better, so we started taking said med. We just wanted to feel love, so we stepped out on our spouse. We just want to have a thrill. So we watch that porn. We do that thing. I get it. I empathize with you. That we have a victorious God who wants to give you far more than you can ask, hope, or imagine. In all of those categories, even intimacy, it starts with intimacy and it starts with unforgiveness. By forgiving, yourself, and allowing God's love to consistently forgive you, you will not stay in this place of oppression. You will not stay depressed. You have to forgive yourself, whatever scenario you find yourself in. And the only way you can forgive yourself is you know that you've been forgiven. When I had that supernatural encounter with God in my living room, and he told me, you're fully seen, you're fully known, and you are still Man, I could have titled my book that. You are still loved. There is no condemnation in Christ. Your missteps, your attention that went to the wrong thing for a season of life, for perhaps decades of your life. It's one act. It's one change of mind. It's one shift of focus. It's one act of love. And it's why Jesus came to the cross. So you have an opportunity for redemption away from all of this demonic oppression. I had to write down all these, these definitions this morning. Cause I was like, wait, this is, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than my knowledge. This is bigger than my consciousness. But my heart is summoning me into this truth. Do I go or do I stay? You know, when Adam and Eve took of the apple from the enemy and what they wanted, what they yearned for, God literally had already given them. He already had it in their hands, in their heart. They already had dominion and authority and power. They already had love. They already had freedom. They wanted more knowledge. They wanted the bigger picture. They wanted this key word in business that I always hear, clarity. So many times I've prayed for people's clarity. I think I'm going to stop doing that. Literally being convicted of it right now. Now, if it's because of oppression, you want clarity because you want to see clearly. You want to see with Christ's eyes and you want to think with Christ's mind. You want to love with Christ's heart. I'll pray for that. But if you want clarity over your next step, I'm just going to point you back to God. I'm going to point you to the word because we can't business plan our way through our life. We can't strategize our way through life. That's God's job. Balaam, or Balaam or Balam, however you want to say his name, in Numbers, he was told by God not to go to a city where destruction was taking place. He said, don't go there. And instead, the enemy came to him. He did what he was supposed to do. He stayed in his right mind. He sent them away and said, no, God told me not to go. I don't care how much money you give me. Well, that person, that leader, that authority that was currently being offended by God's good people, they were, they were coming into his territory. And he wanted control. He wanted results. You're asking for control and results. In your life right now. Could be over your mind. Could be over your body. Could be over your business. Could be over your marriage. All of that. God thank you for this good word. They came back at him. The enemy will knock again. You will turn your attention. From said temptation. You will avoid oppression. In that moment. But the enemy already knows. Your lie. That affects you that rejects you, that draws you to your knees, not for God, but in your weakness. The enemy is not creative. He cannot come up with a new strategy. The enemy couldn't come up with a new strategy. He just said, okay, well, I want what I want, so I'll just send more. When you start to claim dominion and you allow Christ, the indwelling Christ, to be your fortress and your fixed focus, oh, the enemy is not going to like that. He's not going to like that at all. He's going to come louder, stronger, harder after you, after your dreams, after your calling, after your purpose on your life, after your marriage, after your children, after your business, after your finances, after your health. He's going to come. He's going to come strong. Don't be surprised. (laughs) Do not be surprised. He's trying to keep your attention because if he keeps your attention, he wins. But God is already victorious. So when more come back to him, guys, we're in numbers right now. When more come back to Bilam, and he says this time, oh, my goodness. He says, fine, you can go with them. I know you're going to go with them. You can go with them. He gives them his word. Because the first time he says, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. Oh man, the next morning they got up and they said he told them to go home. Then they come back and this time he says, you're allowed to go, but only speak my words. Do not speak of your own words. If you're going into enemy territory and you think you have the solution, you're wrong. If you're going into a said board meeting and you think your idea is bigger than God's idea, you're wrong. If you think their money luring you in from a temptation perspective to said negotiation or partnership is going to be what solves your problems, you're wrong. So he says, go. He says, only speak my word. At one point, (laughs) he had to be so crystal clear and so out front of Balaam because he knew he was going to do something in his own will and his own desire rather than God's will. He speaks through his donkey. <laughs> he speaks through his donkey, but the first 3 times that he tries to be revealed, to tries to get his attention through the angel that's in the donkey's way, all he can focus on is his anger and his control. Are you angry? Are you trying to control? Do you have your own will, your own agenda? He had his own agenda. So he was beating his donkey while his donkey was actually just trying to protect him. And the angel, God, opened the donkey's mouth and spoke through him. It's like, why are you hurting me? Why are you doing that? What have I done to you that deserves this beating of me three times? He said, you have made me look like a fool. Uh Uh-oh. I said, there were two things. That will keep you in this state of oppression. Two, lack of forgiveness and pride. Lack of forgiveness and pride. You have made me look like a fool. This is in front of his enemy, in front of the people who are bringing him in. They're kind of simpatico at this point. But if I had a sword with me, I would kill you because of ego. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all of your life. I'm the same God who has chased you down recklessly all of your life. I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I love you. I created you in the inmost being of your mama's womb. I know you. Why are you trying to beat me out? Why are you trying to kill me? Because of said bad scenario in your life. My will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, he admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with the drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. And the angel said, why did you beat your donkey those three times? Look, I've come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. You're resisting me, God said. He said, three times the donkey saw me and shielded your uh, uh, shed away. Otherwise, I would have certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Balam confessed to the angel, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. So he went without the Lord telling him to go. But the angel of the Lord said, go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. Sometimes... We put ourselves in such sticky situations. And God's like, you already put yourself there. Now you got to go through it. Man, this is a word for someone. You already made the choice to disobey me. You already made the choice to go in your own good idea. That was not God's idea. Now you find yourself in a situation where you can't go back. You can't turn around. So now you're going to have to go through the heartache. You're going to have to go through the heartbreak. You're going to have to go through the giving up of both of your businesses. This is my story. You're going to have to go through the healing of your marriage. You're going to have to go through all the trauma therapy. You're going to have to go through all of the mothering, re-mothering of yourself. You're going to have to go through the familial distractions and the breakage. You're going to have to go through it. You got yourself in this place with all of those actions and all of those distractions, all of the repression… All of the suppression and the oppression has become an obsession. My story. Is it yours? You're gonna to have to go through it. But he said, Go with these men and say only what I tell you to say, his will. When King Balak heard that Balam was on the way, he went out to meet da da, da da da. And he said, Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Again, temptation, constantly dangling. And he's thinking, man, first off, God told me not to go. Second off, I was coming, and now God got in my way to remind me why I'm going and by whose authority, whose authority I am going. Look, now I have come, he said, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. This story goes on, and for Essentially three different times in three different locations when the king was asking him for his will to be done. The selfishness of the king to have his property, to kick these people out, to kill and destroy them so that he could have his territory back. Perhaps even enslave them who were left. He only did what the will of God was. He only spoke what God said. A lot happened, a lot unfolded, and I would encourage you to go into Numbers. I've been talking to so many people about how Leviticus and Numbers are getting me so hyped right now. And it's like the books of the Bible that everyone's like, these are the worst. No, they're not. Go deeper. Understand how it's directly tied to your current scenario. Man, it's so good. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan. No trouble is in store for you. God is trying to bring you out. He's trying to bring you out of Egypt where you're enslaved, where you're oppressed. He's trying to take you through the wilderness and just provide day by day. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Realize that the land of the milk and honey is your promise. But you're going to have to shed some things. You're going to have to become who you need to be in order to go and take said territory. You're not strong enough yet. You're not ready yet. But you are not left or forsaken or betrayed. He is with you in your wilderness. He is with you in your heartache. He is with you in the friction of the situation, but you have a choice. Let the demonic oppression keep you tied to that enslaved space and mentality and physicality and spirituality. Let religion hold you back or break that bondage, live in freedom, Forgive yourself as you've been greatly forgiven. Forgive others because he first forgave you. Let your ego go away. It's always going to be there. It's an element of of your beauty. Put pride down. Honor. Honor and praise and glory and stay in that space of humility and watch what God does. Watch what he's going to do for you. Watch what he's going to do. We cannot stay afraid. We cannot stay in the corner. I'm thinking, you cannot put baby in the corner. Yes, that's from Dirty Dancing. No, my kids have never watched it. And no, I haven't seen it since I came to know the Lord again. But it's been subconsciously implanted. Do you understand? It's a constant extraction of what has been repressed. This is what neurolinguistic programming is. BTW. Science. It's Jesus' idea. We have to rewrite our story for the generational past, not to be a part of what's to come. My son, who's still afraid of the dark, I speak over those wall frames. I anoint him. I anoint the house. Because I'm like, mm-mm. You think you have a play here, but you don't. We speak scripture on some stage of our bed. He is a warrior. We are fighting against the enemy tactic that keeps on knocking it's never going to go away so you cannot lose your fight or your freedom will be taken keep fighting my friends that's why we have to armor up daily you're going to battle it's a spiritual battle we fight against not against flesh and blood but against the power of darkness and principalities there is a spiritual warfare coming for your soul for your mind for your body for your spirit And you have a choice. All of our choices lead to our current situation. This was said to me this past weekend, and it just sealed home for me. I'll never forget it. She said, you'll make a million choices. Every single day, you'll make a million choices. But you'll never forget the moment you decided. The moment I decided to lay it all down. To seek after God. To put him as my fixed focus. Spiritual oppression was slowly lifting suicidal ideation lifted depression anxiety lifted nightmares i had nightmares wild nightmares lifted now i still have struggles the world is still around me devil still comes knocking but i always attempt and try and do out of my being rather than the lie Fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Act in that truth today. It could change the trajectory of your life. It will. It'll change the trajectory of your marriage, your business, your parenting, your friendships, everything you're connected to. Fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, y'all. Demonic oppression be gone. In Jesus' name, seek him first. His will for your life is so much better than yours. So much better than yours. God, we just thank you for today. I thank you that you're in the midst. I thank you that you're speaking to my friend, my sisters, my brothers, to their hearts. God, I thank you that you do not want us to have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you that you sent your one and only son to walk the human fleshly existence for us to see that it is possible to ignore the temptation of the devil, that it is possible to choose every single day in and day out based on the decision that we are yours, based on the decision and the truth that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, I thank you that you know every detail of our lives. I thank you that you've predestined good works for us. I thank you that it's not out of my striving and it's not out of my achievement. It's not out of my people pleasing. It is not out of my strengths that you love me, God. It's also not out of my strengths that you use me. God, I thank you that I have to keep seeking. I thank you that there are character traits and there are wells of knowledge and wisdom that I've yet to encounter. And I thank you that you keep me thirsty. I thank you that I have to rely on you. And I thank you that it wasn't some supernatural, radical experience that changed me into any element of perfection. Instead, you just called me yours and I seek your perfection daily. God, the demonic oppression that's over the church, the demonic oppression that's over society, God, will you come in? Will you eradicate it? Will you obliterate it with us? God, will you call new warriors? Will you call new commanders to the front lines of the mental health the physical health, the spiritual health, the business health, the financial health, God, the marital health, the parental health, the educational health of humanity. God, I see it happening already, and it excites me to no end, and I'm just thankful and humbled and honored to say yes. Say yes to your great, great will. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not, Lord, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If that prayer does not give you peace you ain't praying it, right? You don't You got to look at it through the lens of demonic oppression. Look at it through the lens of your current situation. Don't just pray it because you've known it since you were little. Understand the words, especially if you're in a wilderness season. All right, y'all. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. It's been awesome to hang out with you guys this morning. I get to go kiss my hubby who's home. So bye. See ya. sorry and not sorry that I am interrupting your very incredible podcast with an interjected commercial on something else that I find really important or I wouldn't put it in the middle of the show because the show is rich. But I am witnessing over and over again with marketplace ministers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders who haven't yet figured it out on how do I break through this glass ceiling of finances connected to freedom and prosperity, which is God promised. It's a location and it's a place of being and it's something that's blocking you. And I want to help teach you that truth can be taught and value can be given without me needing to offer you anything. But I am going to offer you something. <laughs> I'm going to offer you an opportunity to come connect and experience and learn and sit alongside others who are learning in a two-day mastermind training. This is content that we share inside of our 25K mastermind. And so we want to fully make it open to the public with intention of equipping you to do the thing you're called to do. We're so tired of people not being able to break through this 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 bondage. And so it's 30, 50, 100K months. It's a methodology that has been cracked by an incredible marketing company that works with some of the top influencers in the world. And so all of that data has been collected to teach this strategy in addition to teaching you the multi-channel influence that I know you're going to need in order for you to propel the message God has put on your heart. So that's a lot. All you need to know is go to tamara.live to get the goods to sign up to claim your seat today. It's only two days. It's six hours. It's going to be the most highly invested time that you could possibly spend with this six hours because it's really expensive if you don't. Do you want to lose a hundred K a month? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't. We need this to come in and funnel through our experience. So when you put your name and email super quick, you'll see, you'll get to talk to someone on my team to make sure it's the right fit. I don't want you wasting your time and I surely don't want you wasting your energy. And so, yeah, that's that for now. Anyway, keep enjoying this show and I'm so grateful you're in the community. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully at the mastermind workshop. to read what you have to say thanks again for being a loyal listener and i hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting and i say we because the fit and Faith team could not do this without you until next time blessings over your joy health wealth and wholeness this is the fit and faith way hello this is dr doug grotheis host of truth tribe where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.